You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, Montgomery County here on IRLoneStar.com worldwide, streaming live on our Lone Star Internet Radio app. Look it up, Google Play, also your iTunes store. Condros FM 104.5, 106.1. Sitting here with Skippy. Yo. We have a good show today. So I hope you guys are ready, and uh, you can call in anytime if you're listening to the podcast or even watch us on YouTube. You can still call in, 936-647-3776, IRLoneStar.com for more information on that kind of stuff. We got special guests at 10 o'clock today. Sorry we weren't here this morning. We had to rearrange some schedules. Make sure to follow us on Facebook so we can update you currently on what's going on with the show. Uh, we know we had some folks from Making Connections. Stacey Harris was in the studio this morning recording her show for later today. So she can bring that to you, her once-a-month program. And we sometimes have to use the morning show as the trash. We're, we're, we're the redhead stepchild, are we? Yes. Okay, I'm good with that. Yes. <laughs> I was jamming there so hard to that size song, I forgot to yeah, put the we microphone are, We are excited about the Winter Olympics here. Some people won some medals yesterday, and then uh, it's just uh, that 17-year-old uh, Kim won the oh, half-pipe. The, uh-huh, the snowboard, Yeah, that was right pretty now. cool. I guess. Hey, a 17-year-old winning, uh, uh, a non-gymnast winning uh, the, uh, uh, it won gold, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, we'd never be able to make it, personally. No. No. But a uh, special guest today, we have Bruce Barnes in the studio. We're talking about the upcoming, uh, I believe it's the uh, Meet the Candidates kind of thing going on on February 18th from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, pretty interesting to learn about what's going on there. Like I said, February 18th from 2 to 4 p.m. over there at the Activity Center at Candy Cane Lane. Uh, they're going to be kind of meeting the 26 Democratic candidates for federal and state and local positions and things like that. We'll learn more about that at 10 o'clock coming up or 10 o'clock coming up on Lone Star Community Radio. But yep. until then, what's going on? Anything cool in the news? Well, speaking of the Olympics, this, this kind of cracks me up. So WLS Channel 7 in Chicago, there's an ABC affiliate. Okay. Have you ever done something like you've you've done a fake or satirical video or written something down or made a post, but then it wasn't meant for public consumption? You kind of as a gag on someone else. Okay. And then they accidentally take that and make it the real one. So apparently this news anchor was messing around. Instead of doing Pyeongchang Olympics 2018, he did a fake PF Changs. Is this one of those things like this isn't a real tape? But then someone takes it and they use it as a real tape. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. As a gag for like. I'm surprised the, the a news, news anchor has that much free time to make a joke <laughs> report. Yeah. So apparently it's a gag on the, on the news team. According to him, he he did this. Uh, and uh, so instead of Pyeongchang 2018, it was PF Chang's 2018. And uh, they used it as the real one. So they're given their report. And PF Chang. I wonder if PF Chang's secretly paid this guy to do it. Just for the just for the free publicity. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I have to check out the PF Chang's tweet. Are they on Twitter? 
I am so behind on Twitter. I think everybody's behind on Twitter. There's no way to keep up because you have to be on it all the time. Right. I get these like daily digest. Yeah, you're right. There's no way. No way. No, that's what I was. We we're talking about a couple months ago where they're trying to buy the streaming rights to the Super Bowl and things like that. And I'm like, who's going to watch the Super Bowl on Twitter? Because there's so much stuff coming in. How do you stay still and watch something on Twitter? I, I think basically the only thing it would have been good for for the Super Bowl is to have for each company that had a, a commercial, just like one minute after the commercial aired on the Super Bowl. In fact, that's what I'm hating about NBC with the Olympics. So if you want to watch a clip, you're guaranteed to watch a minute to two minutes of ads just to watch a 10-second clip. Mm-hmm. And it's infuriating, especially when it's on Twitter because they link it like, oh, watch it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, go. It's going to be like a GIF or something where it says quickly loaded. I just wanted to see it. And like, no, you got to watch you know 30 seconds to a minute of a commercial in Twitter and then you get to watch the 10-second moment that someone won the gold medal. Very disappointed. It sucks. <laughs> Do you hear how uh, Katie Couric kind of uh, put something out there without researching any aspect Are of it? Are you talking about the Netherlands, uh, or how they ski yeah, how, everywhere? How, and how they skate to work every day on their frozen canals. And apparently the canals haven't frozen there since, like, 1953. No, the best was the other guy who's working for NBC is now no longer working on the event because he made a comparison for Korea taking, I guess— the Japanese were, I mean, the Koreans were so good because of what they learned from the Japanese. Yes. And the little part that he left out was. Japan occupied. Right. Korea <laughs> for a little while. It wasn't an officer exchange program or anything like that. It was a, actually, uh, someone was uh, complaining the other day, a youngster, I so I, I have to give him that, about, you know, why we give so much money for the Japanese military. And I had to point out, Japan has no military. That was part of their surrender in World War II. We would be their military. And uh, hopefully, but I, f- I hopefully found that funny that, that they actually asked him to stop talking. <laughs> well, same with Katie Couric. You know, the, the backlash on that was pretty great. And that's not that's not helpful for NBC because of the whole, you know, you had, like, they paid a lot of money for Megyn Kelly to be there and then not using her even for that. And, of course, she's very polarizing, but for the Olympics, she wouldn't have, you know, she just would have done the normal thing. Bring Katie Couric and she opens her mouth and offends an entire nation about their s- skating into work. Is that it? That's all you got for me? That's, that's all I got for, for the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Well, one topic I do want to talk about, and before we get our next guest in, the New York Times CEO said print journalism has maybe another 10 years left in the tank. So, what do you feel about that? Wow. Good question. I got to disagree with that. Uh, every time someone says within 10 years, books, you know, the ebook came out, the Nook and the Kindle, within 10 years, everyone, or books, I remember books on tape. No, no more print books after that. Yeah, they did. I remember in the 70s when uh, overnight radio stations, you know, they'd have like the little robots taking the, the cassettes out and putting in the eight tracks. Oh, within 10 years, DJs will be gone. It'll just be that. Well, we're proof positive that love us or hate us, you can't ignore us. Um, every, every time they, they say within five years, within 10 years. We're, we're well, he's also making a comment about New York times. Well, so, I, I anticipate New York times being gone within 10 years. Yeah. But not print journalism in general. People will always want a newspaper in their hands. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, the gauntlet's been thrown down. So everyone tune in. We're going to, we're going to time capsule this one. Well, and in it, 10 it, years, it, we're going to pop this out. Well, in a lateral move too, because you know you have New York Times, which is more of the old print, mm-hmm. and now the new print is you know Twitter, Facebook, 
YouTube, all those kind of things. Uh, YouTube CEO also said Facebook's video ambitions, quote, they should go back to baby pictures. <laughs> so, which is, I didn't know Facebook was known for its baby pictures, but uh, it's kind of. Wow, that's throwing shade. Well, well it's funny that because they do a lot of these uh, tech conferences and this is what people ask, you know, because they, they are competing one way or another. But uh, it's funny to hear from YouTube's perspective about commenting on someone else's video platform because YouTube is getting hit pretty hard from creators, from advertisers. Like they're in a lose-lose situation right now. I don't know if you ever knew if – you, if you didn't know what was going on with I, YouTube. I was getting a sense of that, but – And uh, so it's kind of funny that she feels like she needs to make a comment about that when no one's asking her the hard questions about them censoring content and also taking money away from creators – uh, probably the worst thing that I found, uh, the biggest hit on YouTube is if you're a fan of history, because there's a lot of history channels on YouTube and what they're doing now, the, the computer, the AI they set up, basically if it has any words of people who like are bad words, like they deem like, for example, the word like Nazi or, you know, Japanese imperialism or something like that, or, or, you know, that kind of thing. And say so they did a review of like, you know, in 19, like 1939, after the Olympics, and they use the word Nazi, it gets flagged. And even though it's for historical purposes, wow. they get they get demonetized. And then they get a strike, you know, it goes down the list. So You'd think that they would have some kind of a department, because I remember in the early days of the internet, when you could put the, the bad word filters on, a lot of women were suddenly unable to look at anything, you know, about breast cancer awareness or something, because the word breast was there. And that was a dirty word, apparently. And... Surely there's got to be some algorithms or at least YouTube, hire some guys, hire some interns, pay them in donuts to, when these things get flagged, watch the video, put it in context. And if it's a, you know, if it's a hate video, hey, feel free to, to, to ban it, censor it, lock it, do whatever. But if it's about history, well, maybe keep it in there. Well, I think it's also, they're, they're trying to appease advertisers who were randomly put on videos that did have controversial to uh, topics and they didn't like, say Coca-Cola. Maybe he just didn't want to, they don't want to support, you know, or be ads on a history channel. Again, add that to the algorithm or just pay some more interns and, and pay them in Starbucks. Krispy Kreme. Because probably my favorite one, there's this guy who uh, does a, he's a chemist and he does a lot of education in chemistry mm -hmm. and he made gunpowder from urine. And it took like <laughs> it took like a year or something to like completely do. So yeah, I'm not kidding you. This is the way he just did it because he was showing how you could take something and make something else that no one would ever see. But since he was showing people how to make gunpowder, it's a big no-no. And so he got in big trouble for it. And I'm not kidding you. And uh, he was like, he apologized. Like I didn't really intend to teach people. He's like, I don't know whoever's patient enough to turn their urine into gunpowder, but because apparently it takes like a year to two years depending on where you live and what kind of setting you're you're doing your testing. I know you're laughing, but it's a true story. And uh, he got in trouble for it. Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. This has really tickled my funny bone. That this just imagine him trying to for a job later or security clearance. Oh, sorry, we can't yeah, give you may. top level. Yeah, posted a video about how to turn your own urine into gunpowder. How do you turn your own urine into gunpowder? Uh, they uh, believe the channel. Let me see if it's back up. It's called Cody's Lab. That's what they call. Is that Rudy it. Cody, the the magician, the scientific magician? I don't think so. Oh, okay, he's just a I okay. Think he's some 
physicists in Colorado. There was a, in the eighties and nineties. There was this magician. He looked like a mad scientist, and it was Rudy Cody, and he'd do like science related magic. Sorry, that's not him. Okay, it's okay. Well, apparently the video, yes, the video is not appropriate for some users, so you have to. Uh, well, you know, watching it's going to get you put on a watch list, so you know, just be you know cognizant of that. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny. See, that's why you know. I let the world know I'm a writer because if you look at my browser history, I am so toast. You know, if a crime ever happens, they're going to look at my browser history. Another thing, I'm some, you know, serial killing maniac. Yeah. Just I'm looking up story ideas. Well, if you're just looking up urine to gunpowder, that's going to be a cool history, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got to take our music break. I know Bruce now is really excited about being on yeah, the air with us. Yeah, he's nervously eyeing the yeah, door he's over there. like, oh, great. We're not going to talk about that, Bruce. Don't worry. Yes, we're, we, we can get serious. But that is Cody's Lab. I would check it out. It's actually a great channel. There's some cool channels out there. Like, one guy got in trouble. He does all, uh, basically, he takes the concept of cavemen and applies it to show you how they made things. Mm -hmm. But he does it, doesn't speak a word. It just shows him making the huts, shows him doing that. And one of them, he was making uh, weapons. And someone, they flagged it because they were showing people how to make a slingshot from bamboo and all that kind of stuff. And it was pretty interesting how people get upset about that kind of stuff. I got nothing. I, I can't reply to that. You don't know how to make a slingshot? Well, yeah, just out of bamboo. Yeah. No, just banning it. That just cracks me up. We'll be back here on Morning's Lone Star. Stick around. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Welcome back. Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. He's Dick. Hey. I'm the other one. It's 10.04 on February the 13th, Valentine's we Day just, Eve. Just to update you, we don't have gunpowder yet. I just checked on it. We don't have gunpowder yet. That's why you keep running the bathroom. I was wondering about that. So it is the 13th. It is the day before Valentine's Day. I know uh, Dick's fiance is expecting something big. I can't wait to hear on the 15th what it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be rainy. Well, my, my joke, what I was going to do mm -hmm. is do another engagement. Propo I'm going to propose to her again, uh -huh. but just pretend like I didn't do it the first time. I like get all nervous and stuff. Yeah, like just do a whole thing. And she's like, what are you doing? Hold on. What's going on right now? We already did this. I'm like, oh, we did? Well, okay, but how to punchline that is when she starts reacting to you, that's where you start responding to the unseen voices yelling at you. Oh, yeah. But I am. Shut up. I'm, I'm yeah. trying. Stop talking to me. I can't do that. To do that to her. That'd be fun. No. No? No. We got Bruce in the studio. We, we got to <laughs> focus on that. Meet the Democratic Party candidates happening this weekend, folks. The day after the parade, the Go Texan Parade, on February 18th, 2 till 4 p.m. at the Activity Center over there by the Rec Center. All that good stuff over there at Candy Cane Lane in Conroe, Texas. You can meet 27 
federal, state, and local candidates happening this weekend. And they will all be on the March 6th ballot coming up for voting. Bruce, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to say something up front. That sure. I'm not representing the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Only Mark Meyer, he's the Montgomery County uh, chairman. Gotcha. He speaks for the party. I speak for myself. I'm an individual. We won't hold you to anything we promise. <laughs> we, we already like you more because you're actually here. Oh yeah, yeah, he just won't show up. Yeah, so I'm, just, just, well, I'm just saying. Well, this is showing uh, up means a lot for the candidates too. That yes. means they care for our votes. So just to give people uh, an idea, Bruce is we're promoting. We're prom- we can still promote the event, right? Oh yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, we just want to talk about it. Now. Event. <laughs> we gotta wait for Mark. Uh, <laughs> no, meet the Democratic Party candidates. This is a big deal, folks, and. Uh, it's like, again, happening on February 18th, 27 federal, state, and local candidates will be at the uh, event this weekend on Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. We're going to post this on our Facebook, Maureen's Lone Star. It's happening I'm, right here in Conroe. It's happening right Candy here in Conroe. Kane, what's Lane. Candy Lane Park. Candy Cane Candy Lane. Candy Cane Lane Park. Yes. Not a game. It's next door to Candy Cane Park. There we <laughs> go. Yeah. So don't go to the park. You'll look weird. Go inside the activity center and you'll find the... Uh, the forum. This is a 27. I, I did not know that, that. Actually, I didn't know there were that many candidates, period. But 27 uh, Democratic uh, candidates for state, local, and federal level positions. And people, there are a lot of them. We're talking everything from uh, U.S. Senator, uh, Congressional, Congressional District 8, uh, Stephen David. We had him on this uh, air a couple of weeks ago. He's challenging incumbent uh, Kevin Brady. Uh, we got like half a dozen uh vying for the governor of the gubernatorial race, lieutenant governor, all the way down to, uh, you know, county treasurer, district clerk. This is uh, a a full frontal uh, uh, ticket uh, platform. And you have a chance to to meet all these people. So, Bruce, is this like the, is this an annual event? This happened uh, a lot before, this number of candidates? Oh, no. Uh, This is for this election. Mm -hmm. And we've been having a lot of people coming out, uh, that are independents and Republicans, and they're wanting to know more about the Democratic Party. So we decided to put on an event so people could find out what their candidates are standing for and what they uh, will be doing for the voters there. Awesome. Uh, And the timing is perfect, too, because this is happening just two days before early voting starts. And the early voting will get... uh, make could make or break a candidate. Uh, The current uh, director of the Withens Township who incidentally is a Democrat, unseated the incumbent, and it was early voting that put her over the top. She just, uh, Laura Flo was the... Yeah, but did it matter if she was Republican or Democrat? Is it on the ticket for that seat? I don't think it is. For the uh, township is a nonpartisan. It's, it's, it's supposedly nonpartisan. So why bring that up? Because the incumbent did it and turned it, made it partisan, and she got clean, she, she got creamed um, by the challenger. In all of her signs, she had turned or keep Texas red, mm-hmm. you know, and very uh, vocally right. so, said that that was a Democrat or Republican. Right. Side. So by by, ta- mm-hmm. by taking that, so uh, uh, I just lost my train of thought. So thought you're saying it. is no, you shouldn't pick any side and just run. Well, I, I'm not a straight ticket voter fan myself. I think uh, I'm the guy that when I go, oh, I was talking about early, the importance of early voting because I'm the guy that I always take my daughter with me to vote. And I almost always early vote, but I near the end of it in case something goes down. And I love spending time with every candidate that's out there. I don't care what party affiliation. 
I want to find out about them. I want to find out about their platform. I want to. Well, this is a great way to do it. This is an awesome way to do it, to get them all in the same room. And so this is 27 out of 27 are going to be there. Well, there's more uh, state candidates. Okay. uh, Obviously. Yeah. And um, uh, Beto O'Roy won't be able to come. But they're not there. there um, We're encouraging people to be there. No, what what I mean yeah. is that I know it's a joke. Sorry, mm-hmm. bad joke. It, you know, earlier we said we we like Bruce because he's here. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. he's here, mm-hmm. right? Because he's here. Well, that's a great turnout of the, of the candidates because uh, I myself would love to to get some platforms and get some get some stances. Uh, I thought you were talking about the shoes. I was really <laughs> well, confused there. I was. I could tell you a little bit about in 2014. Sure. Um, in 2014, we had 267 registered. Uh, 267,000 registered voters in Montgomery County. The Democrats turned out less than 1%, and the Republican Party turned out 16.24%. So now on November the 7th, Mm -hmm. uh, we have 315,000 registered voters, and 13,000 came out, or 4.14% in this county. Of the Democrats? That's no, everybody. Total. Total? Yeah, it's total. really bad here. 4%? 4.14%. 13,059 people out of 315,000. You should check out, like, Cleveland over there. It's even it's even crazier. Cleveland, but Texas? It's like mm. thir- 13 people voted for this. Well, in Cleveland, there are 13 people. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cleveland, if you can pick up the mm. signal. I was just having a little fun at your expense. Well, there are two streets over there that are in Montgomery County. There you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> at, least, at least the door knocking is easy there. He's knocked well, on both the houses. And that's what I, I really have to look at, what Bruce is doing here, like the packet you brought and everything you're pushing this event. Because in the end, I imagine what it is is to get more people to vote and then at the same time be educated when you vote. That's exactly right. So, again, this uh, event is happening. The public is invited. Uh, meet the ca- Democratic Party candidates. Now, Talking to all these candidates and things, what what do you see as them looking at this event? What are they going to take advantage of? What's going to happen? Who has the biggest sign? You know, who has the the catchiest tag or phrase or whatever? Or is this just more of like one on one meet and greet? You're going down the line, shaking hands, and should I bring a fake baby? Yeah. It's going to be guess. like a trade show. There's okay. going to be tables, and each candidate will have a table, and. They'll have a chair that they can sit down on, but the table is for them to put their literature out. And if they have any signs or anything that they want voters to uh, take with them or to take to the polls, and we will have uh, a table or a, a tent at the early voting places there so that people can come over to the Democratic uh, tent and find out about all the candidates and their literature and what they stand for. So this is to uh, show the people who are interested to come out and talk to the candidates, learn what they're doing, and pick up their literature and uh, get other people to come out to the polls and vote. Cool. Will there uh, be uh, a a part of the program where each candidate gets like get up behind a podium and speak, or is it the the tables where it's up to the people going, they can hit the candidates they want? No, there won't be any speeches there. We'll be able to just walk up, talk to the candidate, take a selfie with them. You might take a selfie with the governor, you know. So uh, that's cool. That is cool. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, so there's lots you can do one-on-one with a candidate, them giving a a canned speech or something, 
uh, doesn't come across to the individual voter. Most of the individual voters have an issue or, or two that they are interested in and want to find out about from the candidates. So this is a way of doing that. And we'll also have some tables there that will give people information about what's on the ballot, not only the candidates, but we have uh, we would like people to vote on our, our Texas Bill of Rights. And that's a 12 propositions that they will be able to vote for. So information about that, about where to go for early voting, where to go for on election day. It's all the precincts on election day, so you can't vote uh, in early voting places. And we also have a state convention uh, right after that. It's the um, state convention is going to be on March the 24th. Mm -hmm. It's a Saturday. It'll be at the Activity Center, too. So the people who come there on Sunday will also know where, how to get there for the state con or county convention. And then we'll tell them uh, what we're going to be doing at the county convention and then what's happening at the state convention. And the state convention prepares candidates to go to the national convention. Yeah, because okay. November is right around the corner, people. We got some, uh, um, you know, the primaries are just step one. A lot of people, I, I'm staggered that so many people don't know the difference between a primary and a general. That's right. And when they go into the polls, they'll be asked, what do you want to vote for, Democrat or Republican? <laughs> I saw someone, that, I've never voted straight ticket in my life. <laughs> you got to pick one. Or for You got to pick one, people. That's right. And uh, yeah. now one thing uh, I'm liking about this uh uh, Bruce brought in this awesome package. I'm kind of flipping through it, uh, but looking at the slate of candidates, uh, the Democratic candidates, uh, with a couple of exceptions, the gubernatorial, lieutenant governor, um, it's all, it seems to be one candidate per position, which to me is a kind of refreshing change because when I don't think there's going to be a lot of smack talk going on. A lot of, well, my opponent sucks, so you should vote for me. I think you'll be able to actually get to meet the person and get the get their issues out. Well, a lot of local candidates, there's one candidate per position. Mm -hmm. But on the state, we have like nine for governor. We have uh, three for se uh, state senator. And we only have one for uh, state representative. But two for lieutenant governor. We've got uh, for land office, I believe there's two there, two or three. And then we have some railroad commissioner and some of the, just a couple of the other races that you do have a choice, that you have to select which candidate you want to go up against the Republicans in November. Awesome. Now, beyond the, the Meet the Candidate Forum on February the 18th and the uh, convention on March 24th, on Sunday, February 25th, so later this month, you have something else going on, don't you? Oh, yes. We have Roy Zimmerman is coming, and he's coming to the uh, the Northwoods Unitarian Universal Church. Mm -hmm. It's on 1370 North Millbend Drive in the Woodlands. And Roy is a satirist. Uh, he's an American satirical singer, songwriter, and guitarist, now based in Northern California. He's a leftist political philosophy which is focused on social issues and politics. I have a, a good quote from Roy. I'm, go on, give it. I love this quote. <laughs> okay, he says, If we ever attain a worldwide consciousness of peace and justice, I'll be happily out of a job. But as long as there is poverty, 
war, bigotry, inter- ignorance, greed, lust, and paranoia. I've got a career. <laughs> That's sage advice from a satirist. Uh, oh, yeah, he's called Roy Zimmerman. So this is February 25th at the Northwoods Unitarian Universalist Church. It's on North Mill Bend, just off Grogan's Mill. And that is Saturday, Sunday, February 25th, 6.30 p.m. Tickets are just 20 bucks a person with portions proceeding going to uh, certain candidates. And uh, Certain candidates. We will probably have all of our local candidates. Cool, okay. There. Yeah, I see some listed. Wonderful. We have... Bruce, is there a, a website that if people wanted like a, a single place to plant? Like if they wanted to get this packet. To, right. Or just, just have like the calendar. Well, we have the website for the Democratic Party. Okay. And it's www.mcdptexas. TX. 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 Dot O-R-G. So it stands for Montgomery County Democratic Party, Texas. Gotcha. Okay. You can go on there. We do have... Facebook and Twitter and other accounts, but on the website we'll have a click that you can go to any of those other places. There's a events calendar, calendar of events uh, on the site and some other information uh, where the headquarters is. It's at 1712 North Fraser Street and it's Suite 117 here in Conroe and it's right at Wilson Road and Fraser Road. On the hmm, northeast uh, corner of that street. Okay, so people pop in. So we've got some great stuff going on. The Democratic Party is, is ramping it up, and just uh, kind of a PSA from Uncle Skippy. Uh, you know, not only do you need to vote, you need to vote smart. Uh, you need to vote educated. You need to know your candidates, know their platforms. Uh, uh, this is these are some golden opportunities to do this. Don't think, well, no point for me to vote because we've always been red or we've always been blue or this or that. You know what? We've got some horrible voting turnout numbers here that have to come up. And, you know, it's one of those, if your party loses, you didn't vote. Hush. So Democratic uh, meet the candidate forum, February 18th, 2 to 4 p.m. at Candy Cane Lane. And then on the 25th, Roy Zimmerman will be at 6.30 p.m. at the Northwoods Unitarian Universalist Church. Say that five times real fast. And finally, their convention, March 24th. Uh, I forgot where it was, but it's somewhere really close by. Activity Center. Activity Center, the same place. There we go. Uh, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thanks for the info. Well, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio. Morning's the Lone Star. We'll be right back after a short sponsored break. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com.
Welcome back to the morning. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I, I'm impressed with oh, that, my yeah. young friend. Yeah, I tried. Well played. It's 1023. We got a short segment here until we play some music for you guys. Always call in 936-647-3776. Special thanks to Bruce. Barnes. Um, Bruce Barnes with the uh, Meet the Candidate Democratic Party candidates happening this Sunday, February 18th, 2 to 4 p.m. at the Activity Center. Uh, yeah, there you go. Hopefully we'll get some more uh, interviews through that program. Sounds good. And just so it was quite the gentleman didn't want to like promote himself. But do know that Bruce Barnes is the current Precinct 75 Democratic chair and up for re-election. So learn more about him, too. Just go to www.mcdptx, Montgomery County Democrat Party at Texas.org. Find out more about all these great things coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of what, this is kind of funny. So there's this uh, Marine uh, combat veteran running for the Wisconsin Senate. Okay. And... Apparently, he comes from a liberal family, but he did not realize how liberal till he found out that his own parents have donated the maximum amount legally allowed to his Democratic opponent. What? Yeah, so this guy's running as a Republican. He's a Marine. Running okay. For, and uh, I guess he's the black sheep of the family. He comes from a liberal family, and he just found out that his parents, you know, you're allowed to, to uh, donate 2700 bucks a pot. Maximum for a certain amount of time. Okay, and uh, his parents are basically I mean, funding that his look, opponent. That doesn't look pretty good. At well, all I'm just thinking the awkward, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. Can, can you pass the stuffing? I don't know. Can you can you donate to my campaign, Mom? Would be pretty <laughs> awkward. That awkward moment when you find out your parents are funding your opponent in a political race. Well, I just I wonder who gave him the info. It's think? public. Uh, you well, no, but like, who's the one that goes, "Hey, John, I kind of found something that you might want to look at." Well, I'm, I'm not your making fun of Wisconsin per se, but I think it's not. Yeah, I think the public records are pretty easy to find up there. I don't think you have to sift through. Well, someone had a to lot look of people. for it though. Somebody took the initiative to see. Well, who yeah, donated. every candidate looks at who's donating to their opponent. Uh, okay. To, because it's public record, you well, know, you can't just have. Mr. X donated this. It's got to be Bob and Mary Smith at 123 Main Street donated this much money. And so this guy's probably call, uh, got the uh, legally obtained the uh, campaign report, fi- the campaign finance report, which has to come out, I think, every month. It's like, okay, I'll go after this guy. Go after, Oh, my God, it's my own parents. Yep. I wonder if they told him beforehand or if he just found out. Well, I mean, I, if you knew your parents were liberal and you're running for Republican, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, here's the thing. My sister was like the most liberal lawyer in the universe. I mean, she's like slightly left of Mao. She was so left wing. Okay. If I ran for something, she'd vote for She She'd fund me. She'd vote for uh, me. She'd tell you that, but, you know, on okay, record, I don't probably, know. probably, yeah. You know, we have someone awkwardly not talking to us right now. He's studiously uh, avoiding the have, microphone. He's, uh, we have Ethan in the studio. He is an in-training engineer, and I decided that Sean wasn't good enough for me for right now, so I needed to add another bone. I, I'm not so, carrying my load, man. So I, I'm just trying not to overstep my bounds. There are no bounds, man. <laughs> no bounds. No bounds. No boundaries. We put the owl in no bounds. Well, uh, one thing, you know, the Olympics is picking up. 
That's getting down to like the middle of it. So oh, that, not the viewership. There, there's the medals going on. Oh, really? The, you, oh, it's like uh, historic lows, I think, once again. I'll look at the actual numbers. Well, it's, I'm telling you, it's because the way NBC approached it, they try to think that they could still do the same thing from 30 years ago, and that's just not the way people want to watch the Olympics. It's just not the way. Mm-hmm. Well, but see, that's the, that's the thing, Dick. This is nothing new. There have always been Olympics on the other side of the world, in Australia, which is a direct 13 hours difference. This hasn't been that that bad. Uh, I think NBC's just kind of bobbling the ball. Uh, viewership for the opening ceremony. Now, the opening ceremony, everybody watches the opening ceremony because it's we're one. It's like the Coca-Cola is it, commercial. I don't ever watch it, actually. I watch okay, the other almost, sports. Everybody, but, of, everybody of note watches it. But why it. would I want to watch the openings? Like, tell me why would I want to watch it? Because it's the, the gathering of all these nations doing a parade without military might, without pomp and circumstance, just each team getting cheered on. Viewership fell for the opening ceremony, which is like, if you watch, if you watch it's like the Super Bowl. You may not watch the whole game, but you're going to watch the last 10 minutes. Are you going to watch the halftime show? Or at least the commercials. Or at least the commercials. <laughs> there you go. Then, you know, that's where you, you lock, lock into. So viewership for the opening ceremony was down 35%. And then the first day of competition, 28% drop in viewership. And why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because NBC, we've already said that they suck? I think NBC sucks because it's not the... Not the Olympics themselves. These are the Olympics that we want. We're so worried that we're going to get blown up by Korea or that China's going to do something or England doesn't like us because of Brexit. This is something that everyone should be getting together on with, the, I'm telling you, the Coca-Cola, I like to teach the world to sing part. So I think people are watching the Olympics in record numbers. On, but just not here. On streaming, you know, elsewhere, just not through NBC. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we there's many complaints about them, and especially... You you go through I guess Matt Lahr, well, he worked for NBC right mm-hmm. so he's gone so who's the bigger presence well that's the thing it's that they they brought in others a whole new team I mean Katie Couric came out of retirement and that that's the big problem because Katie Couric was Matt Lauer's partner so they're basically okay this 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 alleged pig we're gonna let him go and then we're gonna bring back his his enabler. Uh, instead of sticking with a new You're team. Really, she's an enabler? Okay. It's much like I cannot believe that Oprah did not know about Weinstein. Oprah's oh, the yeah. most powerful woman on the universe in the in the entertainment industry. Okay. There's no way she could not have known. So her, oh, I, I didn't know anything about him. I just rings false. And same thing with Katie Couric. It, it, finding out these things about Lauer and his behavior, there's no way she did not know. And here's the thing. Always going to make it about no. <laughs> you always got to make it. Well, because Katie Couric is not an ugly woman. And she was single, you know, because she, she's a widow. So I'm sure Flower would have tried something on her Are you at some sure? point. No, I'm not, not this sure. This getting sure. weird. <laughs> but, it, yeah, anyhow, viewership way down on the Olympics. Yeah, well, also, I think the, the sports figures that we kind of prop up, they're not, they're not big enough year-round to keep following. And I know if you probably like those sports, you probably know who they are, but, like, you know, Lindsey Vaughn is probably the most marketable person they have, and most people don't care about downhill skiing because it's not a sport that's on every season or anything like that. Now, Sean White might have more popular popularity, but with the younger crowd, because snowboarding's more edgier. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know anybody that really is a huge fan of downhill skiing. 
that's getting a younger group, if that makes sense. Right, so, and that's the thing. The audience does have to maintain engaged through the years. And this is relatively new because the Olympics, again, is, is ancient. I mean, modern Olympics only, mm -hmm. you know, 100 years or so. But, you know, the Olympics have been going since, you know, 300 B.C. And to have such a precipitous drop right now, I can't attribute it purely to just people losing interest in, well, my favorite athlete's not on the, because um, we always cheer the team. You know, we don't, I don't know who's on the Olympic gymnastics team beyond Simone Biles. I have no idea, but I'm cheering the whole team on. Okay. And, you know, back in the 70s, we had Nadia Comaneci. You know, that was the big one. You know, we had Nadia's theme as the well, number people, one song. Well, people, especially people like, you know, that's what Michael Michael Phelps he was such a big deal because he everyone wanted to watch him win. Mm -hmm. They wanted to see if he could break the records, or you know, he could say he was probably like one of the top athletes at the at the Olympics at that time. His, mm -hmm. I guess he's he's been three times or something like that. Uh -huh. But here, like, what do you think the biggest event? I mean, Ethan here here. What, what do you think the biggest event? I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm completely out of touch with the Olympics right now. But okay, something they put on every so four well, do years. You know, do you know they play hockey there, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at least you know it's one sport. I know. <laughs> but, the, I know the sports that they do. I just but don't yeah, that's know. what I'm saying. What about I, curling? What are your thoughts I don't on curling? I don't think they did a good enough job propping it up to where we should care about these athletes. That's that's because I also think they didn't do it because they didn't know if they were going to win. I mean, USA has never been the strongest candidate in the Winter Olympics, but there's certain. There, there are certain sports, especially the snowboarding sports, where we're like, we're going to win one, you know, at least one medal. And, and I, again, that was the NBC's job. I think they've completely bobbled the ball. So, and uh, yeah. Shame, NBC. Yeah. Shame. And then they don't, and then they don't follow the sports that we have a good chance in. For example, like women's hockey. Like we have a really good chance of doing well, but they don't cover it. They don't, they don't talk about it. And that's it. Yeah. What, so. Well, yeah. Women on the hockey field? Come on, man. Let's get serious. Well, it, I'm joking. It just seems like in like any even in the the regular or the uh, summer Olympics, uh, the regular Olympics. <laughs> I like it. Not these pretend Olympics. <laughs> well, not like the 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 warm Olympics, I guess. Um, like they like all the news outlets and stuff tend to cover like mainly cover like two or three, but then all the other ones are still covered, but they're obscure, and so like. I don't know how. No, it's a, how it's a really good and, point. And also, in the early days, that's where you pick your favorites. You know, okay, this guy's made it through the, the heats. He's going to do the 100-meter dash. Well, I mean, I, you're, you're, we're talking about scheduling. And one, one thing that bothered me about NBC's pinning you know, billions of dollars to have this, it's like they're not doing the full commitment to it. Like, mm -hmm. why would you spend that much money and have announcers sitting here talking about skating in, you know, in the Netherlands with their frozen well, yeah, like, canals. I mean, and then you have the other guy basically kind of disregarding the occupation of Japan and Korea. I mean, it's kind of crazy that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's in, it's in, they've just. What makes it even better? Board. What makes it even better? He's the, he's the Asian correspondent for NBC. Namor. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he should kind of know a little bit about what, how, like, what to say on the air and the stuff like that. But. And especially with people like you or me or Ethan, would you? I'd be more interested if they just had a calendar that said it's live. So, say I have to watch Lindsay Vaughn at 3 a.m., that's because that's when she goes on the ski thing, then that's the way it should be. You shouldn't have to wait till 7 p.m. our time to finally see something. Or just have, since how many hours ahead of us are they? Like 10, 12? Um, I think what they should do, uh, 
actually, I think it's 12 hours. I think in the same time zone as, as uh, Japan is run them live overnight. Even if it's on MSNBC, you know, take well, one what, of their pretend. Well, I mean, I even read online that people would be willing to pay an extra streaming fee if they basically just had access to each event. So basically curling, like show me the curling production. It doesn't have to have Katie Couric going over it. It just has the production of the kid. Please a, don't have, we have Katie a, Couric Well, going they could just it. have a webcam mm -hmm. just sitting there. I mean, that's all. And they just want to okay. watch it. Next Olympics, I'm going to go out there with uh, an iPhone and a lot of battery chargers. And I'm just going to hire myself out. To just, I'm going to go to the, the, the sports and just hold it up there and stream everything for, for start, a fee. Start your own subscription service. There you go. Skippy TV. I mean, it would work. It would work. I'm and all I, over that. And, and I also think, and don't take this the wrong way, Skippy, but I think NBC is trying to cater to everybody. Mm -hmm. And they, sh they should kind of decide who their market is, especially in the Olympics. I get it. I'm outside. I, I, once I hit 50, I was outside of the advertising demographic. So, That's what I said, 18 to 49. Once well, I mean, you hit 50, and I get that. Well, I mean, they could also put a lot of resources into doing the streaming thing we just spoke about and then do the normal programming. So that way people are like, if you're really interested, stream it, man. Don't don't worry about the TV and just let Katie Couric do her thing at the prime time. Can and you imagine it. NBC saying phone, tablet, computer? They do do TV. it. TV. No, I'm saying you know, watch the Olympics when you want to watch it. They, they could have turned it like that and made it this big old, what, you know, whatever your audience is. If you're old, we'll, we'll have can, it live on NBC. And you have them subscribe where it's like you get a text message. Hey, you know, Lindsey Vaughn's about to go down. Click here to watch live. Bingo. You nailed it, my own so, friend. Because, I mean, uh, the women's hockey beat Russia, or the not Russia, or OAR, the, 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 or whatever. The, the, the non-Russian Russians. Five to zero. And Russia's pretty good. So I'm telling you, like, they should have done some more hockey because hockey Absolutely. has more games and it's longer. NBC, your time's so. running out on this. Pick it up. Pick it up. We'll be back here on Mornings Alone. Sorry, we'll play a couple tunes. So stick around. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. Welcome back. Morning, Lone Star. Hey, it is already 1046. We're about to bring this airplane down. It's been a full day today. We had Bruce Barnes earlier, precinct 75 Democratic yeah. chair. And guess what, Montgomery County? We got Democrats here. And we got like 27 of them running for office. And you got a chance to meet them this weekend. We've been talking a lot off the air about NB, uh, about uh, the Olympics. And, well, Skippy's been talking about how NBC's kind of messed up the the coverage of it but we got some breaking news dick do the breaking news sound it's broken dateline houston <laughs> texas harris county commissioner's court is okayed a 105 million dollar plan to renovate the astrodome into are you ready an event and convention space the vote was no surprise the court signaled its intentions back in september uh, and it did approve the design and engineering of the 105 million dollar project uh, today's decision was the final go-ahead before design and eventual construction of a project that would raise the ground level two floors to fit in roughly 1,400 parking spaces, 
and transformed the former eighth wonder of the world into a venue for festivals and conferences. Dick, your thoughts on that? I would like to see it. I like to say about darn to time. believe it. Yeah, it's about darn time. It's just been kind of sitting there, um, gathering, literally gathering dust. Well, I think it's really interesting to do something like that community-centered area, but then you have right across the street, NRG, everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what the, the whole plan is over there in that the south side of Houston. Like, what are we trying to make this area? Because well, they have the infrastructure. I mean, they put down the, the light rail, so that helps. Yes. There is, I think, a long-term plan to build it up some. But, I mean, is there is what kind of events would they be hosting compared to the events they'd have at NRG? And how does this compete with events at the Toyota Center and other venues like that? Because I would say Conroe here is having the similar dispute, or not dispute, but really like they're really trying to figure it out where were we, they want to put, they propose that new event center. And then we already have a, you know, we do we, we already have the Lone Star Convention Center. And then like, what events are we bringing here that we need the variety of areas? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had that problem with the uh, Woodlands Pavilion because they provide a good venue for large events. But then where else in the Woodlands can you go for smaller events? There's not that many options. So you're balancing out a city like Houston is really hard. For, for entertainment. And especially putting it right there, they should not have built NRG on the site of the Astrodome. It's just Well, I, it's almost what they should have done is destroyed the Astrodome and build NRG somewhere. Because that way... Any other town they would have, but in Texas and Houston, you don't mess with the Astrodome. Well, I wonder what they're going to do when they officially open this place. And then for some random reason, because some people don't pay attention, there's going to be a football game and something going on at this place. You mentioned the traffic nightmare. The, the traffic, the, the chaos, everything that's going to be happening there. And uh, But and hey, it's, it's only going to cost us $105 million, so... Oh, that's it? Yeah. Jump change, my young friend. So, okay. yeah, uh, Astrodome is uh, uh, going to change. I can kind of close it out with this story that just kind of really cracked me up off the air. So there's this guy, Christian DeGro, 57 years old, he, uh, long story short, dressed up in an army uniform. Now, I am not a fan of stolen valor. You know what I mean by that? These are the guys that dress up in military uniforms and try to pass themselves off as war heroes to get, like, free donuts. Uh, they deserve firing squads, in my humbling opinion. But this guy, for the love of a woman, uh, trying to impress a woman, he dressed up in an army uniform, chartered a helicopter, landed at the headquarters of a major tech company in North Carolina, Got out, had people salute him. He saluted them to get this woman and take her up for half an hour because he wanted to date her. He wanted to impress her. Well, we always do stuff like that, right? Yes. Well, I hope she was worth it, buddy, because you're in jail and the judges ordered you to stay in jail as you're on trial for what uh, he's going for the maximum of three years in prison. So good luck. Now, reading more about this guy, he's not, as you may have guessed, Dick, he's not the, um, he doesn't have all the marbles up there. He's got a history. Yeah, a bit of a criminal history, but nothing too radical. I think he just kind of got caught up in it. What's the weirdest thing you've done to impress a woman besides, you know, propose to her? It was that. Was that it? Was that like the main one? Proposing to Holly is the biggest thing you've no, done. No, there was one time. It was like an accidental impression. Okay. Was uh, there was a scenario where they uh, something with a ring, and it was coming in, and it was one of those awkward, like it was coming through the United States Postal Service. And 
if she didn't get it that day, they didn't deliver it that day, she couldn't get – she was like going out of the country or something, and she wanted it before she left. And so all, all I did was like, okay, give me your account number. And and we're just sitting there, and she's like, you know, she kept complaining about it. So I was like, here, just give it to me. And I called, and I just said, hey, my name is so and so. I ordered an engagement ring, and it, I'm I'm thinking it's over at the UPS slot. It's closed. UPS is closing, and I was like, is there any way possible I could come down there and just pick that up? Like, if I could meet somebody or anything like that. And they're like, oh uh, yeah, 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 okay. And so after hours, the night guy was nice enough. But also, you know, tricked him thinking it was my, for my engagement ring that I was going to propose that weekend, and I needed it because that kind of stuff. And did that, it pay off for you? Oh yeah, well, it was like it was the easiest thing I've ever done, and I was like, and I just gave her, I gave her the package. There you go. And <laughs> that was, was like, it. That was it. That was it. No peck on the cheek or my hero. We don't have to talk about that. Okay. So, so there was follow up. Yeah. There was a return on the investment, as it were. Well, good yeah. on you. Well done. But then, yeah, there's other things too. But <laughs> okay, I mean, I brought us here. You got to bring it home, buddy. Well, you already gave my one. How about yours? Oh, mine. Well, um, I I wrote a play to impress a woman, and it ended up winning an award. So, yeah, not because of the woman. Well, she she was my muse. She inspired me. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow morning, nine a.m. Here, Ethan. It's good to have you on. Thanks. Yeah, that voice is, that's Ethan. He, yeah, there he, he is. He's there there he speak is. from time to time. Uh, special thanks to Bruce coming in, talking about Meet the Democratic Party candidates happening this weekend, February 18th, 2 to 4 p.m. at the Activity Center. Uh, more information on our Facebook. Also, don't forget we uh, Google Play and iTunes podcast every episode. Comes out at 8 p.m. tonight, so keep uh, your calendar up. Subscribe so they get notified. And then uh, we still got more things coming up this weekend. We got Carly coming in. We got Christy Leggett coming in. We got some interesting guests this week on Mornings with Lone Star. We are brought to you by Centurion Wealth Advisors, Conroe, Conroe Coffee, Coffee, and Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Sean, it was good to see you. Dick! Good to see you too, my friend. And we'll be back tomorrow morning. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV in Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.